0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Excel Still More Podcast. I'm still your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and I'm glad you've joined. The program continues to be sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John is a good friend, and he's helped me and my family in everything from stock and mutual fund investing to annuities, life insurance, and retirement planning. I certainly commend him to you. If you have needs in any of those areas, you can reach him at 205 205- 3267364. Thank you again for your ongoing encouragement and support. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is kind of a fun and exciting episode for me because it's based on brand new information. I mean, on the one hand, it's not something I've been thinking about for weeks or using for months that I can give you a testimonial for. But on the other hand, having read it and read comments about it just in the last two days, it's super fresh. And so the excitement for me is how it will come to life and make a difference for me in the next few weeks and maybe for you as well. As you will hear and understand in just a few moments, it definitely needs a level of balance. And that is why as we get into today's episode, our title is not the same as this poem that I'll be reading for you as I believe the poem to be a great start for discussion today, but we probably need to go a little further. So here's the context. I'm just on Facebook a couple of days ago, and I see a post by a friend of mine from the Houston area, Cheryl Mock. She was sharing some content created by someone else, and the first thing I noticed was a photo of a hand on a steering wheel, and on that hand was a tattoo of a little heart, and then in cursive, two words, let them. So what I want to do first is share with you the written content that went with that photo. I'll tell you now, you may not agree with all of it. It may seem like some of it goes too far. You may think this information without balance can be dangerous. And while I entirely support those ideas, as you'll hear in the progression of the episode, there is still a lot of value for people in this very simple idea. The poem that goes along with the photo is titled, Let Them just let them. If they want to choose something or someone over you, let them. If they want to go weeks without talking to you, let them. If they are okay with never seeing you, let them. If they are okay with always putting themselves first, let them. If they are showing you who they are and not what you perceive them to be, let them. If they want to follow the crowd, let them. If they want to judge or misunderstand you, let them. If they act like they can live without you, let them. If they want to walk out of your life and leave, hold the door open and let them. Let them lose you. You were never theirs because you were always your own. So let them. Let them show you who they truly are, not just tell you. Let them prove how worthy they are of your time. Let them make the necessary steps to be a part of your life. Let them earn your forgiveness. Let them call you to talk about ordinary things. Let them take you out on a Thursday. Let them talk about anything and everything just because it's you they're talking to. Let them have a safe place in you. Let them see the heart in you that does not harden. Let them love you. And then the author's name is mentioned at the end. Cassie Phillips. Now, maybe you need to back up and listen to it again, but my question for you would be like, what do you think about that? Most of it seems to be geared to people in our lives who are unhealthy influences, who don't seem to love us in the way that we love them, who maybe don't give us a fair shake or consider us unredeemable, people who may try to interact with us, but their self-serving or even narcissistic behavior just tends to make the whole situation toxic. Maybe they're near you for their own benefit, and maybe they walk away just so you will chase them. At the end, it turns a little bit to positive things, but the point is you don't always have to initiate those positive things. If they need to be forgiven, then they should come to you for that. If you want to spend time together, they should initiate it. And then there's kind of this hopeful conclusion that one day maybe they come to you to learn that you have not let this harden your heart. But the overarching theme is that you will exhaust yourself chasing people who don't want to be caught. You will be riddled with anxiety trying to fix broken relationships where the other person doesn't want it to be fixed. They're drawing some value in its brokenness, as crazy as that can sound. The poem carries this sentiment that says, you've got to learn to let them go. Let them do what they're going to do. Even if it's not what you want, even if it's not what you want for them, and as we'll talk about today, even if it's not what you know that God wants for them. Now, a couple of the lines are pushing it a little bit, like when it said, let them earn your forgiveness, but I think we understand the idea. It just can't always be you. Now, personally, as a preacher and someone who has in recent years just fallen in love with the Gospels, I have a little trouble with all of this. I mean, I want to fight back and say, well, Jesus pursued Jesus went and got the one lamb. Jesus went to Zacchaeus in the tree. Jesus never gave up. Jesus even sacrificed his life on a cross and prayed for the people who were killing him. And so I'm kind of like, should I let them leave? Let them walk away. Let them push me away. And I just have this character trait that's probably a flaw that really struggles with that. I mean, just to be personal with you for a moment, there are certainly people in the last five to ten years who have, for some reason or another, decided they are at odds with me. My natural impulse is to call them and have a conversation, or go get some lunch, to find out what our common ground is, to realize that we don't have to turn our backs on each other, that we're both redeemable, and that it's going to be okay. And crazily enough, and you probably have examples yourself, there are some people that just don't want that. To some people, you are not redeemable. The relationship isn't fixable unless you do everything. And if you sit back and let them realize it, well, that may go on for the rest of your life. And really, I'm not humble bragging or anything. I think it's genuinely a flaw in me that I can't just let it go. So to help me with that, I went out and got a tattoo on my left hand with a little heart that says, let them. Okay, I totally did not do that, but for me, recording this episode is that same kind of mental imprint that I hope will be helpful in the future. So I'm not totally sure how all this hits you, but I do have some idea because of the comments that were written on Cheryl's post. First of all, she herself, when she shared it, wrote the following. She said, quote, it's hard to let them all the while not hardening your broken heart and waiting in hopes that they change and walk back into your life instead of closing the door. All I can say is, don't let it break you. Give it to God and focus on being his. I really love that honest comment because she's admitting that for her too, it's really hard to just let those things happen. She ultimately turns her attention to God, which is what I want to talk to you about at the end. And I haven't asked her, but I think she would be perfectly fine with me reading between the lines and adding to her sentiment that the door is always open for reconciliation. It's just that sometimes you have to be content to wait instead of chasing. There were some deeply heartfelt comments on her feed. One sweet sister said, I am living this right now. As a parent, this is hard to do. So hard to let them fall and not run to pick them up. But this time, I did not need to pick them up. He found God, and God picked him up. I know from experience that God is listening. What an incredible idea for a mom to understand. She also is connecting this to the providence and the workings of an eternal and all-knowing God. Comments like these have really got me wondering if some of the efforts that I make are really replacing the simplicity of faith in God to make things happen. In the case of people who aren't behaving well or who have a hard heart or who continually hurt and don't understand it, I may can go back and make it better for a while, but only God can change things. And maybe he needs this to happen. Kind of like the prodigal son. You know, the father was waiting for him to return, but it was necessary that the boy find himself in the pigsty and recognize what he had done. If the father had chased him down two days after he'd left, he'd wouldn't have learned what he needed to know. I really love the hopefulness of that sentiment, but also the purpose of the separation. It's not about just finding your peace with it and writing them off. It's about believing in the power of the process and allowing you to live a life of peace even while he might be shaking up theirs. There was one comment on the feed that didn't love the poem or the sentiment it was making, but I think it brings great balance to this entire conversation This Christian guy came in and said, maybe a bad take, but I can't say I agree with all of this. Yeah, I get the general idea, but it seems to come from a worldly mindset. The idea that no one is so great that I need to settle for having them in my life, especially the line, let them earn your forgiveness. I'm thankful that God is willing to forgive despite my complete unworthiness and he expects me to reflect him in my forgiveness to others. I love that comment. I think Cheryl did too. It's a great balancing of this. If the idea is I'm going to let them be away from me until they figure things out and learn to earn the right to be near me, well, that is entirely anti-gospel and wrong. And he's right. That's a super worldly perspective. And there is some of that in our culture today. You are worth so much. You're so much better than this and better than the way that they treat you. And you deserve to be honored. And so until people are ready to put you on a pedestal, you don't need them in your life. And like this guy says, I mean, if the Lord had treated me that way, he would have never had a relationship with me. I have never been able to give him the honor he deserves. But on the other hand, the Bible teaches very clearly that while God doesn't expect you to give him the honor he deserves, we're just not capable of that kind of perfection. He is looking for effort. In fact, more importantly than that, he's looking for a heart that loves him, that seeks to love him, that wants to learn to love him. And the truth is, there may be people in your life who don't want that. They don't want to love you. They don't want to learn to love you. And while you may be in a relationship where leaving them is not an option, where you have to make the best out of a covenant relationship, even within that confine, I think there are ways you can let them. You're not going to force your mate to give up pornography or treat you with more respect. You're not going to be able to force a boss to see you for the worker that you are or to be less ungodly. You can't wear the responsibility of having to fix that. You can let them and still find peace and stability and joy in your life. Now, a big question might be how? Because without some helps in this, bitterness is almost inevitable. If you just turn off this podcast and start cutting people off, start moving people from the inner circle to the outer circle, which is not necessarily a mistake, but doing so with vitriol or hopelessness or anger, or even acting from a place of pure pain, the outcome will not honor your maker. So let me give you two other thoughts that lead to our title and the end of the episode. How about I keep the title, Let Them, for a few more minutes? But I'm not talking about those who dislike you or mistreat you or try to extort from you. I'm not talking about those who want you to do all the work and keep taking. I'm talking about, and a literal smile just came across my face as I began to say this, I'm talking about the them who do love you, the them who want to be near you, who want to listen to you and support you who you don't have to chase or beg or do 99% of the work. I'm talking about the them who want to help meet your needs, who want to serve you. It is those people who will help you regain and improve your self-worth. It is those wonderful friends, family members, fellow believers who will support you when things are hard. They can make it to where you never feel alone. And I think that's kind of part of this. How do you let someone walk away from you in this life, or mistreat you if you are dependent on them for your value. I know there are people in your life who love you maybe even more than you love them. I've got a little list, by the way, of people who I do love, I care about, I would do anything for, but no matter how much I do, I will never outpace them. They will always show more love for me. You know what I need to do about that? I need to let them. Some of this in my life and on both ends of the spectrum are really about control. If there are people who are not doing right and they're in my circle, I want to control that. If there are people who are doing right, maybe more than me, I want to control that. I can't control either party. But if I'm going to create distance from one, I need to draw more closely to the other. Not to gossip or take sides against those that I'm trying to ignore because they're doing such a great job of ignoring me. And by the way, I mentioned that because I've really struggled with it. There was this one guy, this preacher, I was just trying to build a friendship with, and it was like wall every time. And so initially, I went to my close preacher friends who are such great men and who love me, and I just wanted to talk about that. And while that was probably helpful for a moment, it's not the place I needed to dwell. In a sense, I think we're talking about a bit of a replacement, independence from one with a very joyful dependency on another. Again, the gospel is always ringing in my ears. We're not writing anyone off. I did an episode a few years ago called The Inner Circle. I think it was in year one. Moving someone from your inner circle to the outer circle, or per today's content, letting them drive their car right out of your inner circle to some outer space is not writing them off. It is not losing a love for their souls. It is about creating a healthy gap that you need And as we said providentially earlier, they may need as well. You're really giving God space to work on both of you. So to give this a bit of a positive spin, let me go back through the poem really quickly and just change the people involved. Let them, just let them, and I'll just do a few of these. If they want to choose you, let them. If they want to go weeks talking to you, let them. If they are only okay if they get to see you, and of course it's healthy and godly and good, let them. If they want to put you first, let them. If they want to understand you and not judge you, do what you can to let them. If they say that they need your friendship for their life, believe them and let them. While the original poem said, let them lose you, in some cases with relationships and wonderful people God has put in your life, let them find you and go and find them. Who knows, maybe the person who's running expecting you to endlessly chase them will look back and see that you're not running anymore. You're hanging out with somebody else, and that may be the way that God begins to humble them. Again, there are very difficult caveats that apply, like marriage covenants or children and parents in the home, business and church relationships that cannot just be absolved because people want to run away. Though, even in the case of marriage, in 1 Corinthians 7, if the unbeliever leaves, it says you have to let them leave, and you're not under the bondage of that relationship if they refuse to honor it. That sounds really easy to say, but it's a lot more painful in real life, isn't it? But I think the impetus of the poem is not to wear all of that and feel like it's all on you to make it right. Sometimes you just have to let them Well, look, one final thought. You'll notice in the title that while we've looked at two categories of them, that's not what I wanted you to think about in the end. The title of this episode is Just Let Him. People, your best friend or worst enemy, neither will ever be perfect or have your best interest always at the center of their hearts. But God can and God does. He loves you so much, He made the ultimate sacrifice for you and seated his son at a place where he could continually protect you. He serves the dual role as king and high priest so that he can represent you and continually cleanse you of your sins by the offering of his own blood. We talk often about God's power. He knows everything. He reads every heart. He sees the end from the beginning so much more than you and me. We're going through life With one eye closed and the other one has a straw taped on it and all we can see is a little dot of light at any part in time. He sees everything. He knows everyone. Do you have the faith that it takes to let him be God and to not try and take his place? By that I mean let him handle hearts Let him providentially weave things together. Certainly, we want to let him use you. Some of what he does involves your action, going to try and restore the sinner or encouraging someone who's turning to God. But you can only do with someone what someone is willing to do with you. On the positive side, that means letting wonderful people help you as you seek to help them. But more specific to the tattoo and the sentiment today, some will not let you and you need to find a way to be okay with that. How do you do that? Well, two things today. One, be sure and lean on the people who do want you and let them give you hope and self-worth so you'll make good decisions, but even more than that. Let God actually, daily, and really be your God. We say things all the time, like, God is in control, but do we live like it? I live in the palm of his benevolent hand. He has a plan for me, and it's not All joyful things. Sometimes it's trial and testing, but it is still his plan. And I not only want him to work it for good, I believe that he will. And I know you do also. So look, if someone wants to walk away from you and refuses to let you help, let them and pray for them. If someone wants to be near you and it's holy and good and godly, let them. But in all things, every day, fostering it and developing it with sincere heartfelt prayer, and an open Bible. Please see God's face upon you. Imagine yourself in the palm of his hand. And when it comes to getting strength and help and direction, just let him. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over these five seasons is that there's nothing as powerful in advertising as word-of-mouth sharing between friends. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.